0: Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. Prof. Dirk Kotze, thank you so much for your time this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. A 17 year old Muslim boy, Nahal, was killed, shot and killed by the police in Paris um, a few nights ago, and that sparked massive riots across the country. Um, and of course, it has led to the arrest of thousands of people, more than a thousand people at least, um, and buildings have been burning. In fact, a vehicle that was set alight was driven into the house of the mayor of a town just outside of France. Uh, Sorry, just outside of Paris. A small little town just outside of Paris. The mayor's house was driven into by a burning vehicle. That's how far the violence and riots has escalated. But it's born out of social discontent. uh, And it's born out of what seems now to be racialized uh, social discontent, as well as what some call Latent Islamophobia that sits atop the surface of the social fiber of the French. Professor Dirk Kotz is with us. Professor Dirk, really, this is a a, a big moment for France. It visually looks a lot like what was happening in the Arab Spring, but certainly a different set of politics. What is truly at play here?
1: Many things. Uh, This what you are referring to now is... To a large extent, the catalyst for an, a, a sort of an explosion that that developed now in China, uh, in, in France. Um, first of all, let's talk about this um, issue about the the immigrants in France, specifically the Muslim immigrants, um, and specifically the immigrants coming from North Africa and North, yeah. most specifically from Algeria, because this was an Algerian boy. Um, And I've spoken this afternoon with an Algerian who's here in South Africa, and he sort of set it out for me again. Algeria was a French colony until the the late 1950s. And then at the end, there was a very violent war between France and the Algerian resistance movement, the FLN, which the ANC also became aligned with. Um, And that still continues. That's still a a wound within the the minds of the Algerians as well as the French about what happened there. As a result of that, a a lot of Algerians migrated to France. Um, And the southern part, the Mediterranean part of France, uh, places like, for example, Marseille, is very much actually an Algerian um, area. Um, yeah. So there's lots of Algerians that, and, and this event simply ignited their feelings of being marginalized, of being discriminated against, as well as the colonial legacy and memories that that's still very much alive in their minds. But over and above that, you know, not long ago, um, only a few weeks ago actually, there were massive protests over long periods of weekends about the increase of the retirement age from 50 yes. to 52 in France. And that's nothing about whether it's a Muslim issue or a Christian issue or a religious issue or not. This is across the board. Um, and it had a similar type, not, not so violent, but similar type in terms of scope um, demonstrations over, as I said, weeks. Um, earlier on was the so-called, earlier years actually, um, to, before the pandemic, was the so-called yellow shirts um, demonstrations, very similar to this one's about the, the retirement age. Um, so socioeconomic issues in, in uh, France is very much uh, a, a focus area because the Socialist Party and the Socialist politics are so prominent in France. It is one of the the um, yeah. European countries where socialist socialist politics is still very much alive. So trade unions are very strong there. Trade union strikes are sometimes very violent um, in places like in the big cities um, compared to other parts of Europe. So this is the the French is not unknown for their their demonstrations and sometimes quite violent demonstrations. Um, and I think what we are seeing now is, is a sort of a continuation of that. It's a feeling that... But then at the same time, the right wing um, have done in the last presidential election quite good. Um, in the end, it was a toss-up between President Macron yeah. and Marine Le Pen of that were the two main contenders for the position of, of uh, president. So France is very much ideologically polarized between the left and the right. Um, and what we are seeing is obviously that when it comes to issues about uh, uh, Muslims and about what they call the policy of la Cite, uh, which is about the secular nature of the state to enforce that and to, to prohibit any form of wearing of religious symbols, whether it is the veil for Muslims or it is other symbols, um, that comes more from the right side. Um, and that causes this polarization there.
0: I think the difference in the margin between Le Pen and Macron was about, what, 5 percent? You'll correct me on the numbers here. And I think that really demonstrates just how down the middle French society is divided between the left and the right at the moment. Of course, uh, you know, Le Pen ran on a ticket of um, free market economics and uh, free market fundamentalism uh, deregulation as far as uh Taxation and massive corporations are concerned. But then there were also social issues that she ran on, which were quite significant. Uh, And Le Pen ran on very specifically tighter immigration controls, specifically pertaining to immigrants coming in from former French colonies, or what you and I today call Francophone Africa, right? Algeria, as you describe, historically being one such country. Uh, The Congo, uh, the DRC, of course, also a massive, uh, a, you know, has a massive diaspora in fr- in France as well. And the battle on the ground really seems to be racially charged at the moment between, uh, you know, French people, French-speaking people at least uh, that are white and French-speaking people that are not white. They are either Muslim, as is the case from Algeria, and as is the case from uh, Congo, as, 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 as many bl- uh, black French-speaking people find themselves to be. The real question then is, is there an opportunity for that racial divide to be remedied in this instance? Or is what we're seeing in France pretty much a mirror of what we're seeing throughout Europe when it comes to non-white Europeans, that's to say black people born and living in Europe, uh, and very specifically uh, North African and Middle Eastern immigrants, living in Europe. It's not unique to France at the moment, but of course it has taken on a very violent turn in France.
1: Yes, no, that, that is correct. Um, there's there's countries close to France, like the Netherlands, for example, Belgium, uh, which have also quite big Muslim communities, um, and where this anti-Muslim sentiment is very strong. Um, and that is why there is such a, a I would say, a, a, a revival of, of right-wing politics and populism specifically. Uh, the two are linked in the case, because one can get also left-wing poli- uh, populism, but yeah. this is right-wing populism. Um, and that's, that is what we are seeing in, in many parts of, of Europe. Um, it is also influenced by you know the events in the Middle East. Yeah. And for example, it's very specifically the war in Syria, and the yeah. fact that there's a lot of, of uh, uh, Syrians who are moving um, towards uh, Europe. Many of them are sort of stopped in Turkey because of the European Union agreement with Turkey about it. Um, but but that is the, the pressure that the Europeans feel coming from especially Muslim countries. And many of them do see it as in religious contest, as Christianity versus Islam. Um, so they are, because they are not used to plural societies you know the when when we think back about the the so-called nation state that was formed in the 17th century after the peace of westphalia it was nation states which were very homogeneous in terms of cultural uh, culturally speaking Um, so they are not in the position where we are or many other countries who are much more diverse and they are not prepared for this also So they see this now as actually a challenge for them, some would say even a threat for them. Um, And that is why there is this very vicious response and very conservative response that we see almost in in, in several European countries, Um, especially now around the the Mediterranean and in places like Italy also, um, in uh, in Spain, um, in Portugal, um, and then in France where also... Um, that and then in in Greece, uh, where there's which sees itself almost as the front line for the Syrians who are coming towards Turkey, uh, towards Europe. So mm. that that I think is is what is the 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 transformation which is taking place in the social dynamics and the demogra- demography of most European countries now is is that it is changing, um, and many people are simply not prepared for it mm. or willing to. To, to understand what is happening
0: there. Do they not at least acknowledge that they bear a responsibility to the political instability that the French colonial project had caused in North Africa and Francophone Africa in large, by and large, right? Because those countries are dis- unstable as a direct result of the French colonial project. Do conservative French people not see that?
1: No, I don't think they see that anymore. No, for them, this is history of the past. Um, and that what they see now is, is that, uh, I mean, this is a very, for, especially Algeria, is for the French a very sensitive issue. Um, and it was, I think, for, for long, because it was such a devastating war in which they were involved in. Um, yeah. And it had serious consequences for the French society also. Um but I, I think at, at this stage that they don't see it anymore as that they look at it in terms of the consequences of what happened in, in former French colonies. Uh, for them, this is now about their own situation as it is. Um, and the fact that they, have, that they are accommod- in their mind accommodating a lot of them in France. Um, and I mean, I've, I've been in France as, as a guest of the government and so spoke with different sides of this and and for many they, those who are critical of the Algerian sort of presence or the, the way in which Algerians are living in the French society is that they say they don't want to become French, mm. uh, they they isolate themselves, they become still, they are sort of seen as Muslim enclaves in places like Mar- Marseille. Yeah. And that, that is why they have this policy of, of la cité that they call. And that is to say that they must start to learn to speak French because many of them can speak only Arabic. Yeah, They have problems with the fact that Muslims can, uh, is polygamous. And they are also have problems that there's not a separation between the state and the church or state and religion, which is one of the key issues of that goes back to the French Revolution. You know, the idea that the state must be settler. It should not have a religious character. Yeah. Um, so this, it's it's very divided. It's very polarized, and it's very difficult to bring these these two world perspectives closer to each other in France.
0: It's not impossible, though, right? Because if you think about, for instance, the cultural fusion that you experience in Martinique, which is, of course, vastly different from what you're seeing in Marseille. Uh, one that then does have to ask: to what extent? Has Islamophobia been a unique issue? And it's not necessarily racialized, but it's very much about religion here, right? And the cultural, uh, uh, I guess, the, the, the cultural distinction between uh, French Christians and uh, African and Middle Eastern uh, Muslims, right? I want to take you back to yes. the Charlie Hebdo shooting. What was that, 2016? Yes. You would remember 15. the date, 15, 2016, uh, 2015, yes. my apologies. The Charlie Hebdo uh, uh, shooting was a unique moment that unearthed, I think, starkly uh, the, the, the Islamophobia that had become everyday life in France. Yes. The question here then is, to what extent is this about the uniqueness uh, around Islamophobia?
1: Yes no I don't think it's absolutely unique but it is in terms of because we've seen in other countries similar uh, sort of responses to it in the case of that particular incident it was in a sense it was the, the fact that this publication RTF um published a, a a cartoon that reflected that was an, a negative reflection on Islam you know, and then the reflection on the um uh, the Prophet Muhammad and the Quran, um, and therefore the the idea was is well the explanation is is that this attack was by by is- Islamists in retaliation against that, and that then ignited the the sort of a, a, not as exactly as now, but as a similar sort of um, response violence um, in in Paris also. Um, so uh, again, it was it 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 reflects on the polarization that that exists, uh, built or created around the different uh, sort of religious identities that existed. But one thing I, I want to bring you back in order to illustrate the complications of this. When I was there, it was at the time of the World Cup that French won.
0: Yeah.
1: The, the soccer World Cup. And the, the, the captain of the French team was Zidane. Yes. and And Zidane is Algerian. So I asked them, how is it possible that you as French will accept an Algerian as the captain of your national team that won the World Cup? And I said, well, we have a common border. So I asked, what is the common border? They said, the Mediterranean between <laughs> France and and and, uh, yeah. and Algeria. So for me, it is, was very strange, and your t- response illustrates it's for you also strength but for them not for them it's absolutely natural that Zidane could have been their captain and it is not about French nationalism which excludes anyone else and specifically a Muslim to be the captain of their national team that just made them again very famous in, in the soccer world so that that just is I'm using this as an illustration of how complicated these lines are the dividing lines are Yes. And how cross cross over they how they crossed over each other also. It's not just a very simple polarization that exists there. There's a lot of interaction between the different groups on a daily basis also.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Are you going back to France for the Rugby World Cup later this year?
1: No, I'm not going there, but it it will be interesting. Well, yeah. that the one thing is, you know, we think about the rugby as one of the key sports in France. It's actually not. It's only in the southern part of France yes. that it is very popular. But in Paris, for example, it is not a very well-known sport compared to, to football, as they yes. say.
0: Yes, I mean, uh, it will quite be uh, a scene to be seen. A sight to be seen if South Africa's, uh, you know, team with black faces beat the French team, which is uh, entirely white. Uh, it will once again tell us what France's sentiments are towards the non-white world. Uh, and I kind of just yeah. for uh, curiosity's purposes hope that is the case.
1: Well, again on this point, look at the French soccer team. Who are the members of that team? Predominantly
0: yeah. black North Africans.
1: Well, yes. You know, so again, it's another example of these complications that I'm talking about. Yes. You know, is that it is not again such a simple sort of dividing line based on race or religion.
0: Mm, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time this evening, Prof. Dirk Kotzer. Really, really do appreciate it.
1: That's a pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: What are your thoughts on it? I'd love to hear your reaction to that. Uh, a few weeks ago, I spoke about just how violent French protests get and that they like burning buildings, much like South African protests. And I noted how unique the place of fire is in the South African protest culture. And the only other place in the world where you see it take place is in France. And that really is a similarity we share with them. But what are your thoughts? I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call, 86 0 it's is this the price that France has to pay for destabilizing North Africa? I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614104107. Tweet me, it is at Oliver underscore speaking. Let's take a quick break. On the other side of that, we speak to Intika Masondo, who is the chief financial officer of the National Stockfile Association of South Africa, a cooperative bank, and we'll be talking about stockfiles, banking stockfiles, and the investment potential that South African Stockfeld's hold on the other side of this. <coughs>